Welcome to the lab. What's up, all you brainiacs out there, and welcome to the Fantasy Football Laboratory. You might not notice that Shane Palma is not with us today because I am Jack Rath. You I'm are. Here. I am. That's correct. With Lucas Parrish. Shane's in Disney World. He ditched us. Apparently, he, Mickey Mouse is cooler than me and you, Lucas. You know what? I, I'm in so. He didn't even ask me to go along. Something about wanting to spend time with his girlfriend. <laughs> get away from us. Crazy. Why, Jack, why would Shane want to get away from us? I, I I don't understand why he want to get away from me. Now, get away from you. Me? I understand that what? completely. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That I am sense. I am clearly the best of the fantasy football laboratory. I, I think all of uh, the fans out there would agree that my takes are by far the best. I mean, let's take a look at my wide receiver from this past year Odell Beckham Jr. at six I feel like was the best take anybody has ever had yeah there you go <laughs> he certainly finished not within the top five so you're right at putting him at six there we go in the not five. in the top five something like that all right that was pretty good so we have to pause our mock draft we've been doing a mock draft <sighs> for the past weekish. now we got into round five we got into round six and we had to pause that completely um because Shane's not here and Shane out of the 12 team league we're doing he is in charge of four of the teams. He is one-third of the league. So He would have been pretty mad if we had done like a CPU auto-pick sort of thing. He so. would not have gone for that, especially with some of the names <laughs> he's going to start pulling up. Now, this is usually where Shane takes his sleeper guys, and I'm going to expect that's where this is where he's going to be pulling Unlike up a bunch you, of names. Unlike you, who's taking your sleeper guys in the third round. Sometimes they hit. They And trust sure. me, some of these guys okay. will go a little bit higher, and I'm just taking them where I think they should be valued right now. We'll see where the ADP pans out later. Okay. But there's a lot to talk about right here. We're going to keep this episode a little bit shorter, probably about 30-ish minutes, and just have some fun talking about some free agents, maybe even getting into the draft a little bit, just kind of kind of talking about just some of the big storylines going on and what some fantasy implications are. We're going to speculate. Exactly. It's never good to speculate, but it's a lot of fun to it's speculate. It's literally what you do in fantasy football. That is the name of the game. They might as well call it speculation football. That was a terrible joke, Lucas. I, I love... Look, hey, Shane back, man. It's a lot of fun. Speculating is a lot of fun. Exactly. So let's speculate about one offense that's going to maybe see some differences. Maybe it'll be exactly the same. I mean, really, with the quarterback they got, there might not be much that much of a difference. Honestly, there could the be even a drop-off from last year. And that is the Indianapolis Colts, who just got Carson Wentz. At a fairly moderate price for a guy who's probably around a backup to starter range, uh, based on his performance last year. I mean, based on his performance last year, but like it wasn't that long ago that he was in the MVP conversation. If he had not gotten hurt that year that the Eagles won the Super Bowl, he would have won the MVP. So the question becomes, what does Carson Wentz do for this offense now the indianapolis colts offense really peaked at the end of last year they were very good throughout the entire year defense was superb this is a playoff team they have a fantastic yep. offensive line they have probably a top 10 defense if not a top five defense if not the top defense yep. in the nfl going into next year they have a pretty solid quarterback they have a very good young rookie second year running back now rookie running back last year Pretty good wide receiver core let's talk about the wide receiver core first though because i think that is the biggest question mark sure. for this offense going in with Carson Wentz there, Lucas, are there names to watch now in this Colts receiving class? Absolutely. Paris Campbell is going to be the biggest one for me. A lot of people are going to be talking about Michael Pittman, and I love that. I very much like Michael Pittman. I have Michael Pittman right now. I've got Michael Pittman at my wide receiver 46. I've got Paris Campbell at my wide receiver 41. Though that's, I mean, obviously that's not even wide receiver three range because with both of those guys, you're taking a decent risk. Right, but that's not to say that I don't like both of those guys quite a bit. I mean, we talked about it week in and week out last year, Jack. There are so many good wide receivers 
there's a whole tier between 20 and 40 where you can put them whatever way one week or the other and in this draft it's absolutely no different paris campbell and michael pittman jr could absolutely have huge years see here's here's the big question mark with that first off which one of them becomes the number one wide receiver a lot of people are thinking michael pittman and i don't dislike that i like michael pittman but i'm inclined to lead paris to lean paris campbell because before going down with that injury and i know he went down with that injury like in week two he did that super early but he seemed like the clearing away wide receiver one in that offense that that first week and a half that he played and i mean maybe that changes with carson Wentz, and maybe in michael pittman's second year that changes or maybe we get some kind of late career resurgence from ty hilton which i don't expect to happen but i think paris campbell if i'm gonna put my money on who's gonna be the number one guy i think it's paris campbell and Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman, I'm definitely taking flyers on both of those guys, no question. I'll go with you there. So if T.Y. Hilton comes back, where are you drafting T.Y. Hilton at this point? If he's in the Colts offense, he might go somewhere else Look, I'd expect him to be with the Colts. I don't have him ranked through my top 52 wide receivers, and chances are wherever I have him ranked, his ADP is going to be higher. It's because when I look at rankings, I look at a lot more than just, I look at overall ceiling. And when you talk about T.Y. Hilton's ceiling, I don't think it's that high. It's not. And when you talk about his floor, it's also pretty darn low. And that's a bad, bad, bad combination. No, you look at the first half of the season, T.Y. Hilton was waiver wire material. Second half of the season, he turned it on. Another guy in that offense that turned it on in the second half of the season. He was one of our second half superstars. Wound up being a fantastic rookie for you. Jonathan Taylor, the running back. I don't think his value boosts here, Lucas. I think he's exactly yeah. where he should have been drafted. He's going to be a first-rounder next year, if not a second-rounder, but should be a first-rounder in most leagues. Stud running back next year? Absolutely. I've seen Jonathan Taylor in dynasty rankings be as high as number two, and I can't blame them. The Eagles, not, not the Eagles, like Carson Wentz, I think Eagles. The Colts have one of the best offensive lines in the league and arguably the best run-blocking offensive line in the league. I watched Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin I mean, he, he really looks like Saquon Barkley. Like, I mean, the comparisons between Taylor and Barkley are, are definitely there. Barkley, obviously, a better overall running back, um, better pass catcher for sure, no question. But Jonathan Taylor it has the same speed as Barkley, very similar build. And, I, I mean, he's got great vision, too. I really like Jonathan Taylor. I liked him a lot coming out of Wisconsin. And I absolutely expect him to have a big year next year. Look, Carson Wentz, at the end of the day, no matter how good he is, Defenses are always going to have to respect him as a quarterback, even if they do that and they still, you know, shut him down pretty well like they did this past year. They're not going to be able to go all willy nilly and, you know, let receivers run open and expect him to miss because he's not going to miss open receivers. They're going to have to respect Carson Wentz as a quarterback. And at the end of the day, much like with Phillip Rivers, they had to respect Rivers, no matter if he was playing well in one game or playing poorly in another, that you always have to respect a quarterback of that caliber, and that's going to help Jonathan Taylor a lot. So I'll throw this to you. A guy who scored 71 points in his final seven games, so over 10 points a game in the last seven games of the season, out okay. of the running back position. He's ranked the 16th running back in PPR scoring in ESPN leagues. Still on the Colts, too. That's Naheem Hines next yep. year. He's going into the last year of his rookie deal. With Naheem Hines, is 
This is a guy we're drafting. He was ranked in the top 20 of running backs last season. He had a good finish to the season. Is this a guy we're drafting as an RB2, or is he more of an RB3? I think that's where he's at. A Look, I'm, play, I'm not but. drafting him as an RB2. I think I have him low-end RB3 is where I where I have him right now. And, and granted, there's going to be a lot of shifting of this running back tier depending on what happens. I mean, I look at 30, and that's A.J. Dillon, and you're going to scoff at that. But it's because I don't know what's going to happen in that running back room. And I don't know how much I trust A.J. Dillon to be a clear no-way number one wide or running back in Green Bay. Definitely not as much as you, but if Aaron Jones leaves, obviously Dillon moves up, right? You've got guys like J.D. McKissick, Chase Edmonds there in that tier, 33, 35. Depending on what happens in that Washington football team running back room will depend on if McKissick stays there. Chase Edmonds, if Arizona goes out and signs another top-tier running back, he's going to drop. There's a lot of question marks in that tier, which is right where Naeem Hines is. I expect him to stay there just because Jonathan Taylor is going to be there and eat up the majority of the rushing touches. But I will say Naeem Hines will be a pretty effective handcuff there for Jonathan Taylor, which is unfortunate. He is going to limit Taylor's upside as a pass catcher. Exactly. Naeem Hines had 63 receptions last year, over 450 yards receiving, four receiving touchdowns. That's the big number right there. And Taylor takes those touchdowns. There will be, I guarantee it, at least two or three games that are Naeem Hines games, and we see Jonathan Taylor disappear entirely. We saw it this year several times where Jonathan Taylor just disappeared because of the game plan. If it's going to be a heavy pass game plan, you're going to see a lot more Naeem Hines than Jonathan Taylor. So does that drop Jonathan Taylor out of the first round? No, I, I don't think so because, I mean, a, a, a few bad games aren't going to turn me away from what overall will be a very, very good season for Jonathan. I, I shouldn't even say a few bad games. The potential for a few bad games is not going to turn me off of what could or what will probably be a very good season for Jonathan Taylor. I think he very much is deserving of a late first. I don't think I, I'm not going to, you know, sit here and, and preach like Shane will preach about Jonathan Taylor. I have Jonathan Taylor at RB8, so I, I think that goes to show exactly what I think of him. Yeah, I think that's fair, too. I think he's probably a late first, early second rounder at this point. I had him higher in the first round, but then I was looking at those Naeem Hines numbers. And They're I so good. Down his, a little his bit. upside, and, and this is what keeps me from putting Jonathan Taylor higher. I have Saquon one spot above him. And it's because his upside is so limited with Naeem Hines back there, especially in an offense that might very well not be run because first. Because he's next not year. going to be a three down back. No, he won't. What, he what won't be a three. Because you look like I've got Nick Chubb at six, right? That's one spot above Saquon Barkley. Well, Lucas, you're over here saying Jonathan Taylor's not really going to catch a lot of balls. He's not going to be a three down back. Why is Nick Chubb higher? It's because the Cleveland Browns are going to pound the rock so freaking much. Whereas the Indianapolis Colts aren't going to do it as much. With Carson Wentz there, I really expect them to to not necessarily be a run-first team every single game, like the Browns tend to be. Yeah, I think you're exactly right there. Last position we'll hit on, just because we have to hit on everything in this Indi- on this Indianapolis team, there's no value there at tight end, right? Am I no, crazy for saying there's, that? No, you are not crazy for saying that. I am not drafting Jack Doyle. I'm not drafting Moali Cox, and I'm not drafting Trey Burton. Trey I'm not Burton's touching on a, will there, free agent this is year. Is a free so, agent? Yeah. If, if, will there be moments in which I might be willing to start them next year as, like, streamer options? Sure. This year, Moali Cox was a great streamer option for, for a few weeks. But at the end of the day, none of them are going to be consistent enough to warrant a spot on your draft board. All right, moving on. Let's go to another place, not the Eagles, division rival, Dallas Cowboys right now. Franchise tag period's coming up. 
They still don't have an extension they for Mr. It. Dak Prescott. You think they would have been working on this throughout the entire season, right? They had the entire season of watching. Jerry Jones watched his Dallas Cowboys team suck the entire season. Had Dak Prescott just sitting, recovering, you know, in, in a hospital or wherever he was recovering in rehab, and they didn't work on anything. What are you doing, Jerry? That's just... I don't get it. You're watching the difference between your team with Dak Prescott out there and without Dak Prescott out there. I mean, Dak's starting number is $90 million over the first two years. And then he goes from there, whatever he wants. And if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm paying every cent of what he wants because the team without him is a dumpster fire. Yeah, I'm there with you. They kind of need Dak Prescott. I don't know where they go if they don't get Dak I don't Prescott either. Back. Now, now, it's tough with the cap. They have to navigate cap room, which isn't great. They I don't will have a say, lot of options. Yeah. I will say... Justin Fields is getting a lot of he's he's getting a lot of I don't want to say bad press but but he's he's falling, dropping he's dropping down some draft boards which I think is ludicrous and I'm actually I'm I'm going to be releasing little little selfless uh, shameless plug here I'm going to be releasing uh my uh, a fantasy football draft uh, or not fantasy football a football draft Friday video on Justin Fields a month from this past Friday so a month from three days ago now when this releases so. That's definitely something to be looking out for where I'll go through exactly what I like about Justin Fields. I have Justin Fields at number two overall, but he's dropping. And I talk about this in the video. If Justin Fields ends up on the Dallas Cowboys, think that's an ideal scenario for his fantasy value. Do I think rookie quarterbacks, and I preach this every single year, a rookie quarterback without the rushing upside of like Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson is probably at most going to be a low-end QB1, right? Joe Burrow? Very much proved that this year. Tua wasn't even that. Trevor Lawrence, almost certainly just going to be a low-end QB1 this year. You know, I, Justin Fields won't be more than that. Both of those guys can run the ball, but they don't have the rushing upside of Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts, who are essentially running backs at the quarterback position. But if Justin Fields ends up there in Dallas, if he falls to them at 10, that would be ridiculous. Well, now we had Dak Prescott as a top-five quarterback yeah. in fantasy. Yeah, for this entire year. But his weapons in Dallas are quite insane. They have oh, yeah. a pretty decent offensive line. Ezekiel Elliott, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper. Yep. I mean, they have every single Blake weapon. Blake Jarwin, you could ask for. Michael Gallup. Don't sleep on those guys. Exactly. Those are very they good pieces as well. Every single weapon you could ask for on that Dallas yep. team. They just need the quarterback to put it together, which they didn't have last season. Now, if Dak Prescott does happen to go somewhere else, let's say. Justin Fields winds up on the Cowboys, or the Cowboys decide they can't pay Dak Prescott. He needs to go somewhere else. They're going to go with a cheaper option. They think they can win with a cheaper option. Newsflash, they can't. Nope, not immediately. Where is, realistically, not even looking fantasy-wise, just straight-up talent-wise, where does Dak Prescott fall in the quarterback tier? Is he top five? Yeah. Is he top ten? Yeah, he's top five. I don't think if, he's top if five. The market, I think that's crazy. If the market for Dak Prescott isn't at least what it was for Kirk Cousins, it would be every single team's biggest mistake. Dak yeah, Prescott is a game-changing talent. Five, though. No, absolutely not. But you saw what yeah. the market yeah. for Kirk Cousins was as a free agent. That market is going to be exactly the same for Dak Prescott if he's a free agent. I mean, let we can talk about some fun fits. What happens if he goes to the rival Washington football team over there? Yeah, that's a fine fit there. Not too. only is I don't that think a... he's top five though. I think that's a mistake. All right, all right. Well, well, let's five. let's go through quarterbacks. Yes, yeah. Watson, Rodgers, Mahomes. Yep. I'll give you. I'll say those yep. three. Uh, I think Jackson's more valuable. I disagree. Team Def- I definitely disagree with that. Lamar Tyler. Jackson is not a better quarterback than D- D- Dak Prescott. No way. 
Brady. No way. I put, I'd still put Brady over there just because of his clutchness. I mean, the dude is ridiculous in the playoffs. I learned that the hard way. Josh Allen? Yeah, I'd put Josh Allen at five. Tannehill? No, definitely not Tannehill. Not above Dak Prescott. Not above, no, no, no. Dak Prescott has a lot more talent right, than Ryan Tannehill. Fair. Okay. I mean, so probably Stafford. Stafford's mm, probably, I think. I think it's a similar tier. Okay. I think, okay, maybe not top five, but top ten. That kind of next tier yeah. of quarterbacks. I think it's exactly where Dak Prescott goes. And as a free agent, quarterbacks even of that caliber don't hit unrestricted Very, free yeah. agency often. That's going to be... I mean, he's going to, if he leaves in free agency, if they don't franchise tag him, he's going to go get his bag. And I mean, you know, the Washington football team would be a really, really fun fit for him. You get that fun narrative of him versus, you know, the Cowboys. You get Dak Prescott with a darn good defense. You give him Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas and Antonio Gibson and potentially another receiver that they draft. I'll I'll say it now. I think Rondale Moore would be a really fun fit there. Suddenly, you're looking at a really, really, really freaking good team. Like a potentially Super Bowl winning team if Dak Prescott goes to Washington. Yeah. Where else could he go? Let's just throw out random names there because this is... Well, I mean, any place that that needs a quarterback. Chicago. Chicago. Chicago, New York, maybe. New York. but Denver, I mean, absolutely would be a potential landing spot. Here's the thing. Where else could he go? I think... Look at quarterbacks with mediocre starting... Or teams with mediocre starting quarterbacks. The Raiders... I think the Raiders would go after him. Then you trade Derek Carr, you get a first back, and then you have another first-round pick to any, work with. Any, court, any quarterback room that is probably... The Lions might will probably go after him. The Texans might go after him if they decide to move Deshaun Watson. Like Any quarterback room that has a mediocre starting quarterback should go after him. Honestly, I, I might argue that any court, it, um, just about any quarterback room should go after him. Like, aside from those top five guys that we mentioned, aside from the Rams with Matthew Stafford at this point, I mean, if you're the if you're the the, the Dolphins, I'd be willing to get rid of Tua to go get Dak Prescott. You get another first for Tua if you trade Tua. Exactly, and and that's that's the thing, and that's where it gets a little tricky. Like, but the thing at the end of the day, you know, you want to draft your starting quarterback, right? There's a reason quarterbacks get pulled up in the first round. There's a reason, oh, you got to draft your quarterback, blah money, blah money, blah. Money. Why not do it like basketball? The NBA, you go out, you pay a lot of money to a lot of big names. You get two or three big names on your team. You win yourself a ring. You go put Dak Prescott on the Dolphins. You go put Dak Prescott on the Washington football team. Those are Super Bowl caliber teams. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that one. All right, let's move on here. Lucas, who do we want to talk about next? There's a lot of guys. There's a lot of good guys to talk about. I think a good one to hit on would be Corey Davis. I think that's fair. And, and you know, everyone listening to this is like, oh my gosh, Corey Davis, why are you talking about him? Because he, he is had, so fantasy relevant. He is so fantasy relevant. He had such a good season this year, and it was so under the radar all season. I think by the end of it, I hope we preached his name enough to where people started picking him up. We loved Corey Davis this year. We did. We yelled. Far and wide, if you were on our Patreon page, um, we talked a lot about, every single week, we seemed to talk about him on our Waiver Wire Tuesday episode, because it always seemed like he was at least 50% unowned, and we're like, what are you doing? He He's had, a wide receiver. He team. had two goose eggs throughout the year. He yeah. Had two games of zero points. Yep. That throws you off. One of them was in week 16. He lost me a championship in one of my leagues this year, is Corey Davis's goose egg in week 16. Other than that, he had maybe one bad game throughout the entire year. The rest of those games? Double digits. Double digit fantasy points in ridiculous. He was like Mr. Consistency, but also had two games where he just absolutely stunk and everything off. He's Mr. Consistency. Those are obviously flukes. The the Green Bay game where he had zero in the championship, weather-related, that was a snow game, if you remember that. Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry was running it. 
got killed by Green Bay, Tennessee did, uh, against Chicago in Week 9. That was his other zero spot. But other than that, absolute stuff. Oh, my God. I love him. What are good places for him to end up? I mean, obviously, if he goes he could, back to the he Titans. He would be a wide receiver one on a really, really bad team. I, 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 on a really bad team. I, a, I, I don't know how much I would like him as a fantasy wide receiver one. On a, yeah, I don't I don't know how much I'd like him. We saw him as a wide receiver one with the Titans. He was never fantasy relevant. He could never pull it together. I think, and I just brought this team up, but like the Washington football team, Corey Davis is a wide receiver, too. There would be a lot of fun. Opposite Terry McLaurin, an established guy. I mean, essentially... You need a quarterback, though. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dak Pre- they go get Dak Prescott. They go get Corey Davis. Super Bowl team. That's a Super Bowl team. Another great Maybe. spot, the Packers. I think the Packers would be a great spot for him. Yeah. Wide receiver, too. Put him next to Lazard Devontae in the slot. Adams. You get Devontae Adams, Corey Davis. That'd be a That's dangerous. scary right there. I think the Packers are still going to get their guy, Will Fuller. That's who they were all over that the would trade deadline. Can you imagine him running deep with Aaron Rodgers? Oh, my just Shucking gosh. it up every you, single You're play. the Bears fan. Can you imagine it? <laughs> it's all right. They, the Bears are going to lose to the Packers for the next six years anyway. Yeah. That's what the happens. Bears will lose to the Packers like every time. Like they always do. But it's okay. Yeah. It's okay, Jack. Just what's going to happen there. All right, another receiver, Allen Robinson. You love talking about Allen Robinson. I do love talking because about Allen Robinson. Because you think he's going to go back to the Bears. I think there's a very good chance he does. Look, we're, we were talking about it before we started recording. The franchise tag date starts in, what, two days from now? Two days. You can start franchise tagging. I think, here's what well, here's what I think is going to happen. You're going to see Kenny Galladay get franchise tagged. I think you're going to see Allen Robinson get franchise tagged. And I think you're going to see Dak Prescott get franchise tagged. I think you're going to see all three of them. Do you play under the franchise tag again if you're Dak Prescott? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Honestly. You could have held out last year. Like The leg injury was probably the worst. Well, a really, really bad season would be the worst thing that could happen to him contract-wise. Yeah, sure. A season-ending injury is like the next biggest worst thing that could happen. And... It really didn't affect his value. No, at all. it, it they, actually it maybe even helped. I, I bet it increased they, his value because you just saw exactly how much that team needed him. Mm-hmm. Unlike Kirk Cousins, who the whole question was, oh, he always puts up great stats, but can he get it done? Is can he be clutch? Right, Dak Prescott, when he got hurt, and we saw the difference between those two teams, insane, wasn't even close. No, that helped his value absolutely. I don't see how you don't. Because at the end of the day, if they franchise tag him the next two years, that's $90 million. That's an average of $45 million a year. At that point, I don't know if you can not play on that. I mean, you know, you want to talk about signing a long-term deal. You're, the quarterbacks are signing deals for four years, a little bit over $100 million. You get 90 in two years. I don't know if you can argue with that. But at the end of the day, I'd respect him if he did. And I'd absolutely understand if he did. But I do still expect the Cowboys to franchise tag him if, you know, at the end of the day for a franchise tag and trade so that they can get value back yeah. instead of have him hit unrestricted free agency. I think that's fair. How much time do we have left? We've got, I mean, it depends. If we want to go 30 minutes, we've got about seven and a half minutes. Okay. But we can go as long we'll as we right want. Ar- we'll go right around there. Let's talk about something I like to talk about here. Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver course. They have Tom Brady yep. coming back for another year. Yep. Will we see the eventual decline of Tom Brady someday? Probably not. Nope. Invincible. He's going to play till he's a million. Yeah, I I actually believe he's a cyborg at this point because there's no freaking way that man is human. Yep, exactly. When was the last time you think he ate a carb? Probably champ uh, championship parade. I think he drank drank a few (laughs) drank a few ones there. So 
Um, he was interesting in the bread. You see him toss the trophy off the boat. He said that was the the most pressure he felt making any throw ever. I would imagine. He almost fell into the water. Can you imagine if he fell into the water? That would have been meme-worthy. I think Gronk would have jumped in and saved him and held him up. That would have been amazing. That's exactly have you seen that T-Mobile commercial that's like the, the FaceTime between Gronk and Tom Brady? I don't think I have. Are you serious? Oh, it's the best one. It's talking about, oh, don't just rely on your internet connection to anyone because Gronk's like on a golf course and he's like, you should come retire blah 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 and you know it's like no one's gonna think you're soft or weak you know and i'll even join you and what brady heard because it, his thing was like breaking up was you're soft you're weak you know if you retire now and maybe i'll even join you and so then he goes to like a press conference and says i'm playing another year and grog's <laughs> coming back greatest commercial i think i've seen in a long time but it's exactly like that yeah. that that whole thing that that whole relationship is so good all right so tom brady coming back next year this Tampa Bay Bucks receiving core, they've got a couple guys hitting free agency. Antonio Brown's going to be a free agent. He signed a one-year deal when he came back yep. this year. Chris Godwin, who's going to be more expensive, is also hitting. He'll be. He'll agent. probably be very expensive. So, what the heck happens here? What if they? I don't think they're both not coming back. One of those guys is coming back, right? Am I crazy to say that? I I think you're right. I think they're gonna bring one of them back i think chris godwin has a higher chance than antonio brown per well i mean it depends i don't on... know if that's true i mean chris godwin will be more expensive than antonio brown and antonio brown has his guy tom brady who's his best friend now throwing him the football and tom brady's working to get him those contracts and stuff. we'll see or just let him live in his house or live in his house with him or something we'll like see. that but let's let's we talk about speculation let's play a fun game yep. called what happens if they both leave okay. you have mike evans there who's the clear number one Gronk's upgraded a lot. Yeah. How much are, to the moon. How much are we loving Tyler Johnson, though? I'm loving Tyler Johnson. Ooh, I think Tyler Johnson, first Scotty off, I, I just want to put, no. No. Scotty Miller's not going to be the number two on that team. But I, I'm going to, I'm just going to put this out there. Scotty Miller's a good depth piece as a receiver, and maybe he'll have some boomer bust flex appeal, but Scotty Miller is not a wide receiver okay. who's ever going to be a consistent contributor in the That's NFL. Fair. I mean, he's a short, fast guy. Like, he's good stretching the good field. Good guy. Every once in a while. You, you want to talk about a guy to the moon? Tyler Johnson was drafted in the fifth round. Okay. I do not know how the heck the Tampa Bay Buccaneers stole him in the fifth round. How he fell that far. Because he was getting talk of being a second round pick all the way up until the combine. He ran some slow times and it dropped him three rounds, four rounds almost. That's ridiculous. Dude in college was off the charts. Nobody, you watch his tape, nobody had any questions that he could make it in the NFL. You know, if not as a number one wide receiver, a good number two wide receiver. And you know what? If both of those guys leave, Tyler Johnson, man, he's shooting up my draft board. No question. All right, now let's play a game called What Happens If Antonio Brown Leaves? And, and goes to a different team. And they'll oh, play the same oh, game oh. for Chris Godwin here. Okay. If There are some fun spots for this. I mean, you, you, if Antonio Brown leaves and goes to the Green Bay Packers, what's his value? I like Antonio Brown. I mean, not, I'm still not drafting him in the fifth round. That'd be kind of ridiculous. No. But but I like Antonio Brown there. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is throwing him the ball. He's probably going to be the number two guy. You can't argue with it. All right. Who else needs a wide receiver now? Because we're listing teams here. Literally. I feel like we keep going back to the Washington football team, or at least I do. I don't like him there. Uh, well, well, it depends on who their quarterback is. Yeah, that's fair. But at the moment, 
I, I mean, like there's that. there's lots of teams that need wide receiver twos. The Lions, let's say they franchise tag Kenny Galladay, they right, get right. Antonio I'll, I'll Brown. Throw, I'll throw this one out. This is a different question because this conversation is not going to go anywhere because there's so many teams that need those wide receiver twos yeah. like you're talking about. Yeah. Where is Antonio Brown a wide receiver one? A wide receiver one? The wide receiver one on his team. I mean, if... if NFL-wise, not fantasy-wise. Yeah, yeah. If, if he goes one. to the Lions and they don't franchise tag Kenny, Kenny Galladay, Galladay, he's the wide receiver he's one. He's the wide receiver Houston, one. Houston, he's the wide receiver one. If over Brandon Wolf, Cooks. If Will if Fuller's Will Fuller not the there. Parts, I, I don't, New York Jets, either New York team. It depends on Denzel Mims' development, but probably. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, over Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton for sure. Both New York teams, he's the wide receiver one. But, but again, like, how much do you like him on those New York teams? Not that much. I mean, the Giants, definitely more so than the Jets, depending on what that quarterback room for the Jets looks like. But, like, at the end of the day, if Antonio Brown is a wide receiver one on another team, I don't know how much I'm going to like him. I don't know. It's hard Miami, to see. South Beach 11. Oh, with Tua? With Tua? That he's be better fun. than Devontae Parker still. Probably. I don't know. It depends. It's so hard to tell with Antonio yeah. Brown at this point. We haven't seen him enough. What that's does fair. he still has? How much juice does he still have in the tank? And that's the risk you're taking by drafting him. But, like, opposite Devontae Parker, with Tua taking hopefully what I expect and hope to be a second-year, you know, step, that could be very good. All right, now if Antonio Brown goes back to Tampa, Chris Godwin leaves. Yeah. Antonio Brown, I mean, wide receiver I mean, two fantasy-wise? Uh, I, I think there's a possibility. Um... I think there's more than a possibility. I think, I think there's a possibility. A I, I don't know if I'd say it's a lock. Like, I got to look at my other wide receivers here. Let's see. twenty at, at 24, I have Adam Thielen. Do you think he's above Adam Thielen? I think that's way too low for Adam Thielen. You think so? Right above Adam Thielen, I have Cortland Sutton. And I'm not going to ask you about Cortland Sutton because I know you don't like Cortland Sutton, but I really do. Right above that is Deontay Johnson. Do you think Deontay Johnson, do you think Antonio Brown is better than Johnson in that scenario? I think he's just as good as Deontay Johnson. All right, I have Mike Evans at 21, and then I go Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, CeeDee Lamb, Robbie Anderson. I think he's better than that whole Robbie Anderson, T. Higgins, CeeDee Lamb tier. I think no. I, I think I would switch no. your tiers. I would switch your tiers there. I, I'd drop all those second-year wide receivers except for Justin Jefferson below the tier of Deontay Johnson. No. And Justin Jefferson is not going to be the best second-year wide receiver. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I'd put money on that. I'm not going to put money on who I think it'll be. I mean, C.D. Lamb is who my guess would be right now, ju- just right now. I mean, it depends on where that goes based on my rankings. But Justin Jefferson will not finish as the best sophomore wide receiver. If he you won't. put money on that, I'll give you two to one odds. Uh, if you give me two to one odds on that because you're taking more wide receivers than I am and I'm taking just one wide receiver, fantasy point-wise, I'll bet you that Justin Jefferson has the most points out of every single second-year wide receiver. Fantasy-wise. Yeah? You want to make that bet? Yeah. So, 2 to 1 odds. So, like, if I win, I get 5 bucks. If you win, you get 10 bucks. Exactly. All right, bet. That's All a deal. Right, let's do that. We we You heard it here first, folks. That's uh, the Justin Jefferson debate that we constantly have because I talk about the sophomore slump, and it's a real thing. So, and I think he'll hit it, but we'll see. I, I And when I say hit, it's all relative. It's all relative. I don't know how much. I, I do not expect Justin Jefferson to have a bad year. Like, don't snip this and... and destroy me on twitter because i i'm not do saying it. justin jefferson is gonna be bad do it but i he's not gonna be the best second year wide receiver he'll be up there absolutely he'll be up there he's a very talented wide receiver and it's almost certainly gonna have a good year but he won't be the best i'm not sure about that i do like him still <laughs> i mean he, the, the, he's i like him too. so significantly like him too. better than the rest of the field at this point but once again cd lamb's going to need Dak prescott t yep. Higgins will need joe, joe burrow. burrow and there are a lot of question marks there there's a lot so of question, many marks, question there. marks with those absolutely. guys all right 
Anybody else we want to hit on here? No, Lucas? I think. I mean, we're, we're at 30 minutes, Jack. I think that's going to do it for us. Without Shane, man, we're kind of lost. I wouldn't say we're lost. I miss Shane. I miss Shane, too. I wonder what he's doing right now. He was really scared to ride the Tower of Terror. I know. I wonder if he's doing it. Probably. I'm, right I'm afraid of heights, At this too. very moment. It is dark out. What time is it in Florida right now? We're filming this at 10 p.m. So is it Eastern time in Florida? This. It's Eastern time, so it's going to be 11 there. Oh, yeah. It's going to be an hour later, so yeah. probably not. Park might be closed. No, they're probably you know, asleep at Sometimes this they have, like, extra magic hours where it's extra magical. Really? You can go. Yeah, you no can go way. later. I've never been to Disney World or Disneyland. You've never been to either? Nope. It's disappointing. I didn't really have it's a good childhood. Time. You yeah. didn't watch SpongeBob either. No, I didn't. I was never allowed to. That's the biggest flaw, I think, in you your think character. So? You no, think so? No, never mind. That's, that's not true. There's so many flaws in your character. But <laughs> Thanks, Jack. There, yeah, one of them is that you did not watch SpongeBob. All right, all right, all right. We're getting off topic. Okay. That's all, folks. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Laboratory. I'm Jack McGrath. With Lucas Paris, we're missing Shane Palmer. We will get back to our draft next time. Follow us on Twitter, at FFLaboratory. We have a website, too, fflaboratory.com, so check that one out, too. Once again, for Lucas Parrish, I'm Jeff Gray. This has been the Fantasy Football Laboratory.